if anything will will kind of lessen your enthusiasm for going to the movies, it has to be that that uh, Craven the Hunter trailer, which just is to this day I can't figure out what they're trying. And I don't understand. And like, who keeps who is up there making these calls? I don't want to talk to him and take their job because I feel like I could do a much better job. So if you're telling me he got a lion blood and that gave him animal powers, then he'd wall run. You got to show me what animal that is. The Titanfall animal? Like, what animal is this that can run along the wall? Or do lions run on walls? And that's just oh, something shit. that no one who's seen it has survived. Right? Yeah, like. They can. <laughs> Like, oh shit, it's a lion. It's running on the walls. Just like once they're known to do in the wild. <laughs> right. Yeah, once that starts happening, fucking, uh, you gotta get out of town. I mean, barrier will keep me safe from all these lions. What, what, what? <laughs> as, they, as they run over it. <laughs> fucking Matrix lions <laughs> coming for me. Oh no, didn't you know they're the original parkours? What? Yep. That's where we got Just- it from. Just lions? Yeah, strangely enough, just lions look out. Do you think that they, the lions will like, they will take Circle of Life and kind of make it their own? You know, Don't. sure, it was it was foisted upon them by the human world, but maybe they, they hear it, they're like, I don't care, I love that song. It's the circle. It'll be like the Jaws theme. When we start hearing along, when we start hearing Elton John belting out those beautiful chords, you better run for the bunker because here comes the Matrix Lions. <laughs> Him a yah, him you wanna. Do you hear it? <laughs> oh god! Him, oh god! Him a yah, him you wanna. Him, uh, where is it? Where's Don't it? look down at the bush. Look up on the wall. <laughs> That's what they always get you. They think you got your <laughs> wall running lion. <laughs> Do you think there's gonna be a scene just like in the Matrix? You know when they go through that lo- the hotel lobby. And like the the metal detector goes off, and they open up their trench coat, and there's tons of guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same thing, but except the guy opens up his trench coat, and he's lying under there, <laughs> just like a wall. And you're like, what? And the lion just runs from <laughs> behind his back off the wall out of the trench coat. Yeah, sure. I, I thought you were gonna be like, it's like that scene in the Matrix where it's just like two lines in that white room, and the lion goes. Walls and all these walls. <laughs> Just... uh, yeah, well, that's that's it for us. So long, humanity. It was nice knowing you. Yep. Whoop, let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really want to miss Pop Socket, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds. Keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. That's right. Hello and welcome, friends, to another episode of Pop Saga, the pop culture podcast where two buds talk about things they love. Today is the second part of our Star Trek saga, a look back at a selection of the best episodes from every season of every Star Trek show in chronological order. Today we're talking about Ceasefire, the 15th episode of Star Trek Enterprise Season 2. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined as always by John, and John, I have one 
question for you before we get started. Yeah. Vulcans always say they don't display emotions, but passive aggressive is surely based in emotion, is it not? Yeah, I believe it is an emotion. It certainly is. And they've got that down. Yeah, they not only have that down, they have uh, sarcasm to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah. They kind of seem to skirt around it. I know they're not like robots or anything. They have, you know, canonically, they have very strong emotions. And they go through years of mental disciplinary training in order to get it to the place where we see it in, you know, the famous uh, Vulcan characters of the series. But, man, they are just witheringly sarcastic and, uh, and, uh, and just passive-aggressive, just maybe most of the time. Oh, yeah, no the what what's his face i mean we'll get into it but uh of uh, the the uh, vulcan from today's episode of uh our star trek saga yeah yeah uh, uh ambassador uh, so yeah right. man holy smokes that that dude is a ball of rage yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's tr- he he's barely keeping it together it really makes you wonder how this whole treaty how the whole truce, how the whole alliance started between the Vulcans and the humans since, you know, based on this show alone, it really seems like they cannot stand each other. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, these two, I guess, between Archer and Saval, they really can't stand each other, especially since, like, that was the thing, we'll get into it, but the whole episode, I was just like, wow, you were... This is the most emotions I've seen in a Vulcan ever on yeah. Star Trek. And not like rage because of Pon Far or whatever, you know, like, I gotta get out, I gotta get a date. None of that. No, he's <laughs> just... Very, very uh, PG way of putting it. Yeah. But he's just so adversarial. Is like, could you please be quiet? I need to clear my mind before the negotiations. Okay, yeah, dude. He, he needs a moment of silence just so he can clear his head because all this human j- j- jabbering is making him, uh, I, I guess, distracted. I don't know. I thought it, it was going to show some cool Vulcan meditation right then, but he's uh, just like, oh, shit it. <laughs> <laughs> quiet. Shut, shut your mouth, Archer, 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 shut, 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 yeah. shut, 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 shut your up, mouth. shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> yeah, um, that's basically, yeah, uh, that's basically it, uh, all right, good episode, I'm just <laughs> yeah, that's nice, all right, um, pretty easy to edit this one, yeah, but, uh, that's right, we're talking about, just as promised, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people out there said they're never gonna follow through with this, and, uh, and here we are, following through, also, I would like to state for the record, you might be thinking to yourself, is this not the f- third episode marked Star Trek saga? Well, the Picard one doesn't count because it was a little spinoff uh, on the honor of your your personal Star Trek journey. Uh, so this is the official second part of the saga, and it's still following all the rules. Just want to, if anyone's out there and they're tracking us with, with uh, chips and... Various listening devices, all I want to say is we're we're following our own internal logic, and uh, we haven't broken it yet. Yeah, so uh, don't email us that. Yeah. Or if you, or or if do, you do, I mean, e- yeah, feel free to email. Just be like, 
I was going to write a very angry email at you because you were breaking your rules. But then when Forrest explained it, I decided to rescind my angry email and wanted to just say, hey, you can send those emails. That's all right. <laughs> hey, hey, good job. If you want to say good job to us, please do. Oh, boy, I need that real al- <laughs> validation real bad. Give me some validation, people. I need it real bad. He really does. He I really, really do. does. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can hear uh, it in his voice. You can hear it in yeah. his voice, people. You surely can. If, if not now, um, you know, at least uh, you must have heard it at least sometime in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of things that I need, is this is this playing? It is playing. I hear it. Okay, great. I can't hear it, so that's fun. Thanks a lot, voice mod. <laughs> anyway, wow. well, I'm just gonna go ahead and trust that it's playing and and everything's going great. Uh, we Here, if have... it's not playing, yeah. I'll put it in the. I'll ask you for the track and I'll I'll edit it in there. But it's playing. Uh, yeah, it's it's playing. I just you know what I had to. Re, uh, I had to resituate my setup over here, and things didn't go exactly how they were going before. And so we're just, we're, you know what? We're doing it live. But anyway, I, uh, it, 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 I, I have full faith that it's that it, the music is playing, and we are ready to devolve into our first most popular segment. What are you doing, my favorite? Very careful, you. You might give yourself a hernia or something. Oh, I, I do feel I am standing right now. If you don't, if you can hear the standing energy in my, uh, in, in my timber, in my and in my enthusiasm. Um, so that was I did almost pass out just then. So just know that that's out there for you. Uh, how much I put into this show just for you. Um, but uh, John, why don't you regale us with uh, what you are enjoying? What kind of a beverage, be it adult or adult non-alcoholic that you are imbibing this evening uh, I decided to go and grab myself an adult beverage today and I'm, <laughs> I'm living even dangerously because <laughs> it is a canned cocktail it is Jack Daniels and mixed with Coca-Cola Oh, I've been seeing those around. Very attractive packaging and kind of incredible that they have both, you know, big brands have decided to team up to just bring us a, what is a, a popular cocktail? Jack and Coke. Yeah, I mean, it, it made sense to me when I saw it. I was like, they haven't made this years ago. Like, that'd be the first thing I'd do. But uh, yeah, we got a Jack and Coke, 12 fluid ounces, 7% alcohol. Let's give it a try. That was a sip. I heard a sip. Can confirm. What are we and what are we thinking, John? Not bad. Little... Hey, hey, that's yeah, about I mean, as. It... I think that's about as good as the Jack and Coke can get, right? No offense to my friends over there at the Jack Daniels Co- Corporation. We would be happy to be happy to do a commercial for you, uh, but uh, you know what? I drink that whiskey and I say eh, it's all right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we will totally do a commercial for you, and if you like it, we'll totally expunge this from this episode once we yeah. do those commercials. Erased from the air. 100%. But, you know, Jack Daniels to me has always been the, I gotta put something else in it whiskey, and um, 
this is a pretty good blend, to be honest. Uh, you, you taste the Coke. You taste a little hint of the whiskey, but it's not too, the aftertaste is relatively smooth. It's, it's oddly a little sweeter, but, but not crazy. It's, it's good. It's good. It, this, this is kind of messed up because like, all you need to do is pour this into a, a regular Coke can or put a, a koozie on this and it looks like you're just drinking a soda. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Suddenly, John has a new idea about how he's going to do lunches at work. Yeah, I'm getting lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks just like a soda. Oda, Oda, Oda. <laughs> Cut to you with a can koozie. I'd rather be fishing. <laughs> I'm all be out on the pier right now. I can Fish. see the red snapper right over there. I'm gonna catch you with my hands. I'm gonna jump in there with a trident from Aquaman, a replica from the movie Aquaman. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go in the trench. It's gonna be so good. I'm gonna dive to the trench. Take take heed, underwater monsters. I'm gonna dive into the trench. You understand, Marinara Trench? I'm coming for you. Oh, man, I've, I haven't had meatballs in so long. Marinara Trench, here I go. Yeah. Like, how many koozies did he have? Uh, 17. <laughs> Fetch my seahorse. I've never seen this someone get so weird off of just a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's peel that koozie back. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it, Apparently, this soda belongs to a Jack Daniels. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack, did you uh, did you mark this up and put it in the fridge? I think John stole your soda. That he did. That that's, he did. That's right. And I'm going to steal a seahorse and take it myself to the Marinara Trench. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I recommend it. Like, if you can find it, pick it up. It's like a good, easy, quick can cocktail if you like jack daniels and you know you like booze and stuff if not then just stick with the regular coke and they sell them in like the regular and zero calorie varieties right i think uh, i've seen the, that at the old the, fred you, meyer you well maybe but you so you could have gotten maybe confused because the packaging is primarily black oh, and white it jack daniels like the, it, it does look kind of like the older coke zero cans Ah, uh, okay. So I may have just conflated it with the original branding of Coke Zero. Exactly. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's good. That's good. It definitely makes up for that uh, Mai Tai shit I was drinking last week. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. At least there was some redemption off redemption offered by uh, Sir Jack Daniel himself. Thank you, Jack. But that's what I'm drinking. What's in your glass? Uh, <laughs> uh, straight from the marinara trench. Um, no, uh, I decided to make myself also enjoying uh, a bourbon whiskey, John, uh, as luck oh. would have it. Um, I decided to make myself a bourbon smash. Um, uh, no real thematic tie to today's subject, certainly, but, uh, 
It's, uh, you take about two ounces of uh, bourbon, or in my case, I t- took about three or four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I cut up a whole peach into, into little cubes. Um, and oh, I... That's right. And I put it in a shaker and mashed it up with some basil, uh, some brown sugar, and a bunch of, uh, and a whole lime that I also quartered and put in there. And then I muddled it, uh, and so it all, the juices came out and the oils came out of all the the different ingredients therein. Uh, Poured in the old whiskey, uh, shook it with a bunch of ice, and then poured it into a rocks glass. Um, Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it uh, tastes pretty damn good. It's got a lot of fun flavors in there, and um, yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, it's strong. So, if you're looking for something a little bit more crushable, a little more refreshing, then I would suggest adding some soda water in there. Mm. Maybe a little more simple syrup to up the sweetness, if that's what you prefer. But uh, I like my drinks strong, especially when I'm talking about Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, specifically Star Trek Enterprise. It's, uh, what's that, uh, Garçon? We have uh, Star Trek Enterprise on the menu this evening. Make it a double. That's what I say. Uh, and that is indeed what I've said this evening because, as I said before, we're talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 15 of Star Trek Enterprise uh, Ceasefire. And this one is at a high point in C- uh, Season 2, according to, you know, various lists and aggregate reviews that I referenced to uh, choose this episode. There was a lot of ones up there on the top ten, but this one sounded like it was nice and self-contained. And the premise was interesting. So let's get into it. Let's find out if that assumption was true. Fair enough. That's right. So uh, the cold opens pretty awesome because it opens with a pretty cool. And I couldn't tell on uh, in a high def if this was CG. It looked like a miniature though. It looks, it looks like it opens with a pretty sweet miniature, a flyover of a miniature that looks a lot like something from Terminator Two. Uh, the TV version. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You're right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a destroyed city. It looks, it feels real. It feels tactile in a way that's real fun. Um, and, uh, and we kind of zoom up on a, on a building that looks, again, it's, it, the reason it looks like a model is everything is fairly like rudimentary kind of feeling. Doesn't it feel like something small that's being shot to made to look big? Yeah, or you know, yeah, yeah, that are like a bunch of different crane shots that kind of give it that um, that trying to make it look bigger than what it is, but really it's only like two buildings and like twenty feet worth of ground or something like that, and they just keep shooting it from a bunch of different angles. Yeah, but a little bit of that. Yeah, I think the flyover does seem like a model, or at least three D or otherwise. To me, when you get into the actual episode, there is a bit, it's an impressive set that they use several times in the episode. Like, it has a lot of verticality and a lot of, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. little hideaways and passageways and stuff. It's not, I'm not saying it looks super impressive, but it is a pretty, uh, it is a pretty cool set. Yeah, it definitely looks like it is a product of the times. Certainly, yeah. It looks like a Star Trek set. That's 100% true. 
Uh, another thing that's very Star Trek-y is who we see next, which is Star Trek that guy, Jeffrey Combs. Uh, uh, when the Combs is abound, a good time to be found. That's <laughs> very well said. Yes, yes. Uh, when the, the Combs is on screen, that's when I'll be seen watching the show. Yeah, I think in this in this show and in this instance, you are 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I'd want to watch this show. <laughs> it definitely like it definitely made this episode way more palatable than the first one because I just love Jeffrey Coombs in general or Combs or however he uh pronounces He's, his name. He says Combs. Okay. Well, then I believe him. So, I'm just going with what I've heard him how he he said his names because i used to say coombs all the time but he's like i'm jeffrey comb i'm like okay jeffrey you it's your name you got it reanimator i'm following you yeah i mean there's no there's no like reason in the english language why it would be coombs but i i, I don't know i maybe i'm getting it mixed up with tombs which does have two O. I don't know i mean look rafe finds when we all know it's ralph that's fair saying, that's fair you know. Yeah, Jeffrey Coombs is not, it's, there is a collective, um, a mind collective that people tend to think that's his name, but I had, I even had the double checked it right before uh, we did this. Interesting. I listened to an interview where he said his name himself, and he said Coombs, so there you go. Okay. Hey, I believe it. Um, and, uh... It is interesting, like you're saying. It's like a little bit of uh, the Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears or whatever it's actually called uh, situation here because we had never talked about his name before, but we both had it wrong in the same way. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, just like you're saying. Anyway, he's great. And it's uh, this character is a, is a bit of a going, uh, going concern, a bit of a reoccurring character in the... Uh, in the, the, the the enterprise series although he has his name i do not care for it's not the greatest <laughs> yeah maybe it's like this is kind of uh maybe this is par for the course for an andorian of which he is a member and they if you are not familiar or if you haven't seen this episode and i recommend you do go out there and watch it before you listen to this but they're the kind of blue-skinned aliens with the antenna. They've been around since the original series. Kind of one of the fun kind of 60s holdovers that they kind of... They kept fairly true to that original look. Yeah, true, true. They, they're like our... They're almost like the proto... They, I think they are like the prototype Martian for us. Like with the, you know, slightly... Not really that much bigger head, but yeah, with the little two antennas. Like oh yeah, same. like a like an old sci-fi mark, like quote unquote Martian from like you know Buck Rogers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They just kind of have that look, but uh, yeah, it, it looks very close to the original series. Maybe some little extra uh, embellishments, but nothing too like diametrically opposed, like the say the Klingons in Discovery, where you're like, what did you do? Yeah. or what? the Klingons from the original series, and then the Klingons everywhere else. Yeah, there's like there there's a point where you're like, mm. uh, not Klingon, not Klingon, Klingons, and then not Klingons, and mm -hmm. now we're now we're back to Klingons. Yeah, so. we're back. We're, thank God, we're back. <laughs> the Klingons are back, and uh, they they are 
much more recognizable. Not in this episode, though. They do not make an appearance in, uh, in, in this episode. Uh, uh, so this cool. this episode primarily can uh, concerns a fight between the Vulcans and the Andorians, and uh, we learn a little bit about that in this opening scene. And uh, you know, the armies are advancing. It's a very sort of war torn. It, it it's a very t- a T2 reminiscent. I really felt like it had that T2 stank to it. Just like the, the, the they are feel like the resistance fighters, they're huddling in kind of dusty concrete bunkers and such. And uh, we, uh, we, we cut to credits with, uh, with the knowledge that Sharn here. <laughs> it sounds like, it doesn't it's... not sound like a, a game or, or like a, uh, a name. I should say that was made up by your friend in a role playing like tabletop role playing game, and that they think is really cool. But you're like, okay, yeah. And then right. like, I don't want to say anything. I hurt their feelings. Yeah, I'm Commander Sharn. Yep. <laughs> yeah. mm. Yes. What do you want to? What do you want to do, Commander Sharn? <laughs> yeah. Please, we're following your lead. <laughs> The, real, you... the weird thing is he was uh the, the canon is that he was born on planet chipotle oh, and uh you know the the their parents couldn't call him planet Sh- or couldn't call him uh shart <laughs> so... <laughs> oh wait is it shran it's so that's what i was gonna ask you is it shard or shran now no i think it's shran okay but well, i don't like it still no, it's not great. I mean, it looks like it's almost like short for Sharan rap. Sharan rap? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's it's not a name that uh, sparks fear or admiration for me. The only reason why I like this character is because it was Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. And think about like the Andorian that was on Strange New Worlds. His name was Hammer. Hammer is a a cool fucking name yeah and it works on multiple levels it works uh, uh it just as a cool name but also it sounds like a really cool engineer name you know like yeah. oh man hammer's got it and you're like all right i trust him but if you're like shran's got it, i'd be like are you sure <laughs> can we send someone else is hammer still here can we get him <laughs> can we get him can yeah. we get hammer back uh, no offense if your name is Shran out there. I'd say, you know, wear it with pride. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm just not of a fan of that for the the Star Trek universe. Something about it bumps me, and I'm not sure if I can really place my finger on it. Here's my plus-up, I would say, to the if this was still going on and the, and the, the producers were listening to this, I would say, you know what? Change it to Sharn. <laughs> I know I made fun of it earlier, but now that I'm here to both, I kind of like it to be Sharn. Yeah, it ends stronger. Shran isn't as good as Sharn. Yeah, then I could make my funny Chipotle planet chart joke, and that would make sense, and it wouldn't have been just a total waste Yeah, of a diversion. I mean, it's okay. We can always come back to Chipotle chart jokes. Those are (laughs) fairly evergreen until they get out of business, yeah. Uh, I feel like even afterwards, it'll be extra evergreen. (laughs) If they go out of business, then you're just like, I bet it was all those, I bet it was all the sharts on Planet Chipotle that really (laughs) did it for him. After a while, you just start calling it Sharp Oh, Oh, I'm sure somebody's got there. 
Yeah, I had to. I don't feel like I'm the first one to equate uh, gastronomical distress with Chipotle and their wet meat. <laughs> I mean, it's stored in a in a liquid of some sort, uh, so I think calling it wet meat is not uh, is not I, totally uh, wrong. Yeah, I don't think I'm being unfair. Their meat is wet, but not in a way that is pleasing to me. But yeah, if it I'm, is I'm a big you, Chipotle fan, so I can't yeah. go there with you. Yeah, it's cool. If you enjoy the wet meat, knock yourself out. Yeah, the wetter the better is what I always say. <laughs> Where's that Jack Daniels? All right. <laughs> Got to take another swig to keep you with it. Uh, Sorry, I Jack. I'm drinking your Coke. Anyway. Sorry, Jack. I'm knocking you back. Um, but uh, I can't tell you how fast that I... Did the skip intro button on this show uh right when i heard it's better i'm like no <laughs> no yeah no we um we've uh upgraded to getting uh the paramount plus that's where i watched it i'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's where you watch it too i have the uh, paramount plus channel for uh showtime right or no. stars or for the Amazon Prime video app, uh, because it's a slightly better user experience than than the the Amazon or than the Paramount Plus app natively. So, so we're still using that, but uh, Tani found a deal. So now I no longer have to watch commercials with my Star Trek. Great, yeah, I've had that deal the whole time, but right. I'm glad that you're here. You're, you've joined the fight. I, I finally joined, and that means like, I could skip the intro with confidence. Oh, thank God. Because, it's been a lot. Nope, nope. Not today, Satan. But, you know, it'd be all like, it's been a long skip, and all of a sudden, like, Alestra here will take care of you, you know, <laughs> in your days of need. Have you eaten any Chipotle? Speaking of Lester, it's good. Lester is isn't that the name of that that stuff that they added to potato chips that was given yeah, everyone leaky butthole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, re- remember, I feel like is this a record for how fast we got into <laughs> to Dookie would, Talk on the pop soccer program? Probably not, but I mean, when you're talking about this Star Trek series, it's just kind of hard not to bring it up. That's yeah, the I'm two saying. seem kind of interlinked in, a, in an interesting yeah, way. It's a, not kind of maybe a Roboros of some sort. <laughs> One is biting the other in an sure, eternal battle, turd yep. and enterprise. Time <laughs> is a flat <laughs> circle, absolutely. Yep. Um, but uh, right after the intro, we cut right over to Archer's ready room. And uh, damn it, if like, uh, you know, this is season two. We haven't watched another episode since the pilot. Man, I was hoping that Archer would have, like... Or, you know, that they would have figured his character out a little bit. But he just is like, I hate his attitude so much. He is just a testy little shit the entire time. I've never seen someone, except if it's, like, Picard, and he knows the Admiral is, like, is doing some dirty, underhanded business that he's going to expose. I've never seen someone just be, like, so flippant to an Admiral. The Admiral basically begging him please archie oh please they asked for you this is a good opportunity for us in the falcons archo oh please archo please do it and he's just like no no i don't want it this is dumb 
Yeah, that's a scary, scary Archer impersonation you got there. I thought, yeah, I thought, I was, that, Scott that was a clip Bacula from the show. Wow. Yeah, Impressive. I just I snipped I snipped the clip. I yeah. snipped the clip. I put it in the show. <laughs> that's what you heard. Great. Well, it was amazing. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing when he showed up. I was like, season two, episode fifteen. Hopefully, somewhere between like these twenty some odd ep, you know. Or, you know, 30 some odd episodes at this point, 35, I guess, or whatever. I mean, they would have figured him out, like you said. And instead, you're like, nope, still don't like him. Nope. Still, definitely not my captain. Just like I, he is so uninspiring because he, he, he reacts to every potential problem with just like a combination of an, an annoyance and just exasperation. Like, why are they. Why are they asking the captain of the Enterprise to do this? Uh, I don't know, homie, because it's like you're the only ship out there, sort of. (laughs) So (laughs) go do your thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that that, that, that his leadership style definitely kind of trickles down because the next scene we get is a classic Enterprise dinner scene. With only the, the the three you know uh, senior officers on the staff eating in the captain's mess. At least this time they're not like m- making fun of T'Pol by making her just eat one breadstick with a fork and knife, like a couple of like she's going through a university hazing uh, ritual. Uh, at least people are getting along a little bit better better at this uh, dinner scene, but not not. Does it like immediate? Not shortly after it immediately starts the scene. Uh, Trip is complaining already. It's trip. This this bad attitude is definitely trickling down or tripling down, baby. I, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything except ramble. Um, but he's already just like uh, talking about his underwear. He's like, my underwear doesn't catch on fire, but you don't see me taking a match to it, y'all. It's like, I mean, look, they're spreading the difference. You wanted, he wanted to go 120. If the thing's rated for 120, he wants you to go 110, go 110. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Come on. It's not, that was not integral to the plot at all. But it is funny that like, because I mean, this is this whole reason of the scene is for so T'Pol can explain the Vulcan side of the situation, and yes. it's a complex thing where this planet was in Vulcan space, the Andorians terraformed it and started a colony, and then the Vulcans were like, "No, don't do that. We this is our planet," and then they annexed it, and then there was a treaty, and then this led to this war. Blah blah blah. But everyone wants this weird T2 planet. And uh, Trip is very concerned about pushing the ship too hard, which he doesn't stop. He doesn't always only complain about it in this scene. No, he definitely, like, when they get there and they have to wait a little bit, he's like, I had to run. I almost blew out the reactor and we're just waiting. <laughs> just fucking nonstop complaining. How is this the character dynamic? How is this an, an endearing characteristic of Trip? I, it isn't. I mean, this might be a little bold to say and put this on wax cylinders or however uh, cast stores this stuff. No, it's wax cylinders. Yeah, you were right okay. the first time. All right, fair. Uh, or maybe just a candle that they scribe sure. us into. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't like 
98% of this crew. Yeah, it's tough. I thought I was certain that they would have grown grown a little bit like uh, since we saw the first season. Uh, No, just he's such a fucking drag. It's just like, I don't know why this would be like, what archetype is this? I don't know. I've never seen it. Usually they tend to follow a, a formula of who you're going to get D- depending on position or role that they, 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 they have on the ship might vary, but you get like certain attitudes and certain dynamics, but this is just like, I complain. And the other guy is just like, all I want to do is fly my ship fast. My dad made the ship. So I want to fly it fast. That's all I want to do. And then the other guy doesn't want him even flying a ship fast. I want you yeah. to fly uh, your ship at a moderate speed. <laughs> uh, that's when uh, when Ambassador Soval enters the the scene. Uh, we we know him from the first episode. He's been a going concern on the show, uh, a reoccurring character. And uh, Archer is just eating this scene up. He loves it. He loves it that the Vulcans want his help. And of course, he's not going to commit to it right away because he wants them to twist it in the wind a little bit. So he's just like, I'll think about it. Maybe. Tee-hee. Oh, man. There's that part where he actually gets up and he turns around and he looks at Trip and he's got kind of like this, watch me do this. Yep. Look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> just like, bro. You're like you're going to do it regardless because they have no choice. But please don't it's make literally it look like... the orders that you were so reluctant to take. But they are, are your orders. He's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna if play. That's real nice. <laughs> we're playing four D chess. I'm gonna make you squirm. Where uh, then Rage Hall is just like, I guess I'll ask you to go do this. <laughs> sure fine uh yeah it, there is there's an interesting scene up next where uh archer is in the like the contamination booth because apparently the the planet has a very you know a very persistent virulent virulent strain or something to that effect and dr flox and him are having a heart to heart this is the only time we get to see dr flox in this episode um but the scene's because of the difference between the audio quality while Archer is talking to Flox and the audio quality when Archer is just, you know, on when you're on Archer's side of the glass and in, in the contamination room, the scene is supremely weird because they keep cutting mid-sentence to do with, like, the reverse shot of Flox, and it changes the way that Archer's voice sounds mid-sentence. Sometimes, like, it seems like right in the middle of a word. It struck me as very bizarre. Uh, yeah, I noticed there. I mean, there was that chamber sound difference for yeah. uh, between the two. Um, so I didn't notice it as much as you're kind of calling out. But it, I mean, there definitely was a a sound uh, difference that wasn't like, oh, this is this this sounds great. I think it, I don't have a problem with that. It just is weird that they cut back and forth mid-sentence. So he'd be like, I don't know, Dr. Flox. I'm just going to go down there and I'm going to see, I'm going to solve all the problems on the planet and I'm going to do it down there. Yeah, that's, that's all there true. is to it. That's true. Now that you kind of call it out that way, yeah, that it, it did 
make it seem like there are parts where Flocks was paying attention and then wasn't paying attention, I guess. And that's when they kept changing right. out the sound sound. <laughs> it's just a, you know, I, I, it doesn't really come up again in the episode. And they could have done it like easily done it like in Flocks's laboratory while I was giving him an injection or something. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting stylistic choice for the direction that really stood, it really took me out of the moment and made me think about it. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's another thing to call out that has no consequence, right? Like, oh yeah, your body ain't going to be able to handle this strain, so we're going to radiate you now before you go down there. Because we don't see anyone else deal mm-hmm. with this radiation or something like this. This is literally, they're just like, look, we, we need to put flocks in the show somehow. So this is how we're doing it. But to your point, it could have been uh, an injection, a Pez dispenser with some candy, a couple of pills. It could have been anything that they could have done this with. uh, This weird pretext. Because it doesn't even show up later in the episode to to do it again. Yeah, it makes really no sense. But Flocks. They do have that. Yeah, sure. It's always fun to get more Flocks. Flocks is a great character. One of the best on the show. He doesn't do his weird smile. Or puffy face in this one, so I'm, I'm here for it. Um, but uh, next we see a, a exterior shot of the Enterprise. It just reminds us how tiny it is with the shuttles kind of coming undocked from their little shuttle bays uh, under the saucer section. What do you think of this shuttle design, uh, John? You got an opinion about this shuttle design? It. Eh. It honestly, it kind of tracks with how they sure. design things. The little wings. I was like, Ugh, that makes no sense. At this point, you got all that repulsive tech. I don't think you really need the wings, but have the wings. I mean, it just looks like a really small, like, space shuttle in, in, in a lot of its shape with more rounded mm-hmm. front and little wings. I, I wasn't, uh, get that thing off my screen, but it was definitely one of those, like, yeah, all right. Nothing. I think nothing one memorable. of the, I, I, that makes sense to me. I understand and appreciate it. For me, this is just another symptom of how they chose to show the aesthetics and design in this show in a very particular way. Because to me, it is too much of a compromise between where Star Trek will be and where technology was at the time. Sure. Like, they're not, they weren't, like, pushing, they're not thinking, like, what will technology be in, like, 2045 or whatever, what you know, or the first flight of Zeph from Cochrane or all, any of that stuff, which, I, I mean, I take that back. There is a little bit of a similarity there, but uh, it felt too grounded, a lot of it feels too grounded in the now as just a reason to do something differently, uh, but... N- not with a good motivation behind it. It's kind of like how they call it star log instead of just captain's log. They're just like, okay, well, this is the first time they're out in the stars, so maybe they call it star log before they lose the star and just call it captain's log. Later in the episode, they go into tactical alert. Like, they're not calling it red alert yet, but it's like, okay, this is supposed to be more military. It's supposed to remind you of the Navy more. But it's too, like, grounded in today's technology. I don't know. Doesn't that part of it really doesn't work for me? It really bumps me every time. But uh, the shuttles also play into that for me. The design, I think you're yeah. right. It feels very much like kind of the advanced 
the the next generation of shuttles we've seen prototype designs of and stuff coming out of NASA um, yeah. and like an old Star Trek shuttle, but in a way that I'm just like, mm, you're like, it, I, you should have pushed the visual language forward, give us something new that looked older than the Enterprise, but the fact that they're mixing it through with like such modern day motifs and stuff really bothers me. Yeah, it wasn't. It's weird. It's like you always pick up on the same things that like uh, initially get me. I, I wonder how many people even pay attention to the the shuttles on these shows and stuff. But yeah, people probably like it. I bet well, it's somebody's favorite shuttle. Well, I'm <laughs> okay. Hey, takes all kinds. Sure. I mean, look the 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 original series shuttles weren't the greatest, but they had a charm to them and definitely looked unique. Uh, the next gen era shuttles are my favorite preferred shuttles, especially with yeah. like the, the runabout and stuff like that. The slightly bigger one. I really like oh, that yeah. design. Runabout's real fun. Yeah. But like this one, it was just like, it, to your point, it felt too new for the era, but at the same time too grounded for what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just really had no texture to it either. So. It was just, I was very, it was just very uninspired to me. The, the, the wings were an interesting touch. That, yeah. I, that was the one the that was like, baby oh, wings. Yeah. Sure, little wings not? that like, I don't, like, I'm not a physicist. I don't know aerodynamicism. I don't know yeah. any of that stuff, but I don't know if those little wings would actually work. So I don't think they're doing a lot. Yeah. They're like little nubs, little wing nubs. Yeah. But I guess when you have that like quad exhaust, thruster back there and no nacelles that you need whatever lift you can get um uh inside the shuttle we find out that archer did not do his homework because it was too long it's 1200 it pages so many pages he didn't want to read this is another great example of Tapal just trying to be like a really good first officer and prepare her captain whatever however she knows how to succeed she doesn't want him to look dumb in front of Ambassador Saval. And he is just so prickly towards her. What are you saying? I'm not ready. I'm just going to go down there and wing it. Because I'm Captain Archer. Yeah, I'm Archer and I'm human. And you know that's what we do. So that's what I wanted. Yeah. I, to Paul and Plox. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. She, yeah. Is, tr- she is trying so hard to help him and he's just making it such a to- toxic work environment for her yeah i i mean i guess uh captain archer's like a nepo baby or something oh he definitely uh, is remember his dad designed the ship he's the yeah, nepo the baby of all yeah because i'm like i don't know how the hell you get this ship and he's be in like, charge of all these souls <laughs> being right? the way you are he's like i don't read books that's not my style. I'm going to go down there and play it by you. You just wait. You just wait to see Archer in action. They call You know why they call me Archer? Because they hit a bullseye every time. <laughs> no, that was just your family name. Shut up! Um, <laughs> uh, it's because we got bad arches, Archer. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> That's our last name. Have you name. been wearing your orthopedic shoes, Archie? I noticed Don't call to be that mom. You got such a pain in your face, I can tell, Archie. I can tell put on them put on them insoles and your compression socks. When our family arrived at Ellis Island, we used to be called Fallen Archies. 
Um, that's, I don't know, that's not canon, but, you know, Star Trek Industrial you. Complex, we're listening. If you want to give us an offer, we'll take it. You'd be surprised how little we'll work for. We're not, cro- we're no scabs. We're not crossing the lines, but once everything gets back going, just call you us know, up. That's right. We're here for you. We promise we won't use chat GPT until things become overwhelming and we have no other choice. Um, Bullshit. I'm going to write a fucking Enterprise episode right after this. <laughs> 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 write me an episode about arches falling arches. It's funny. <laughs> I tried that exact thing before we started just so I'd have something you know funny to throw in there. I typed that in and chat GPT was just like, nah. <laughs> Nah. First, first time I've ever seen it, it's like, nah, next. It deleted itself. It, it yep. closed the tab for you. It's like, hey, it's, it just made that sound, and then it was out of there. Um, So they land on this cool planet, the, the T2 planet. Um, And uh, this, this set was brought to you by driftwood and foam concrete, because <laughs> there is a heck of a lot of it. Yeah, and uh, irrigated uh, shutters, like the, the little, like, aluminum. Oh, you mean, like, curri- ones. corrugated Corrugated, corrugated. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Corrugated, corrugated rooftops or something yep. like that. Because there's so oh, there's that. a lot of that. Like, Anytime oh, but... they need something to blow up, there's a lot of corrugated steel that just kind of comes out of nowhere. And you're just like, so neither the Vulcans or Andorans have cooler-looking material than this, huh? Nope. No, no, and that's the universal constant is corrugated metal. Uh, but uh, too bad, he, Archer, they came unarmed and unprepared, seemingly, because the Andorians have uh, the drop on them. And uh, we get introduced to uh, Susie Plaxon, who is playing Tara, who, uh, I have to tell you, when she first showed up, she made me feel a certain way. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I was like, uh, wait a minute, do I do I have something for for gruff, bossy women who are blue? Well, we all know the answer to that forest. <laughs> yep, yes. it may have awakened something inside of of your pop saga pal forest, but uh this Terra character is uh she got the drop on uh Archer, and Archer lets it be known that this is his very first diplomatic mission. His very first one. He didn't even read the homework. And this is his first difficult. Cool, Archer. You really just, you really have such, so much uttered confidence. Yeah, well, that that's fucking true. He's, he's not very good at his job. Like, I actually don't know why Sharn or Sharan. Sharan <laughs> Ramp, yep. Sharan Ramp. We can just call him Sharn from now on. Yeah, Sharn, Sharan um uh why he like called for him i guess we're missing an episode where he showed up beforehand which would have built this yes, bond the, but yes they have a prior uh encounter that's uh that's earlier in uh in in the series that has established this but yeah they have a history so he he definitely trusts archer but uh i have to say the puppeteering on the antenna of the andorians is super cool yeah, it works. Yeah, they use it to like, um, much like a cat's tail or or other sort of uh, visual marker of uh, of someone's mood. They use it to sort of emphasize uh, 
the mood in a scene in a really cool way. I thought it was actually very well done. Yeah, I wasn't paying too much attention to that, but I I, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I mean, cool. yeah, it, it, it works. Given like this whole planet, really, you only ever see it at night. Um, as and that's well. good. Yeah, when they yeah, show oh. that when they show that Andorian makeup in full life or in full uh, light, whoa! Yeah, it'd be somebody's it'd be, coming. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be it'd be painful for sure. You ain't lying on that one. It but is it, cake makeup in the fluffiest cake way possible. Yeah, but it does give it does cast a nice uh, dynamic shadows to their face. So when you have the the antenna movement like that, you you can actually pick up a lot more cues from that versus say get inundated with them being on like a beach scene or something like that yeah and this is when we get introduced to what the andorians call humans which is pink skins uh which is feels gross the first time they say it and it continues to feel gross the whole time also what happens when someone who doesn't have pink skin comes to i was thinking that as uh (laughs) that's gonna God, I hope they never get across that bridge. Because, oh boy. I'm kind of hoping to find out. Like, I'd like to see if there's a future episode where they call, uh, what's his face? Um, hold on. God, I'm trying to remember the actor. Uh, Mayweather. I wonder what they'd call him. Right? (laughs) He comes out, they're like, oh, well, if it isn't the pigskins and Mayweather. You're like, what? The what? And that's when Mayweather just started blasting. Yeah, but so he just starts blasting, and nobody blamed him. And that was the end of uh, that was the end of Shart, Shran, and Shard. The whole, the whole family. Uh, but basically, the Andorians want everything, and they're just like, "Oh, well, here's our here are our terms. We want everything that we want, and that's it." And then Archer's like, I don't think that's going to happen. And they're like, all right, we'll bring the main Vulcan ambassador down here. And Archer uh, agrees. He's like, fine, cool, yeah, I, I'll get it. <laughs> It'll happen. Just release one hostage. Just one, please, please. I mean, this has been my first uh, diplomatic envoy, but I know how these things run. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he just needs a good will. He needs something to take back. It is. I thought it was super weird. They they flew down to the planet. Mm. They had this whole scene where they like land and they got caught, and then they like just bomb right out. <laughs> when I saw that shuttle leaving the planet, I was like, "What? Is this over already?" I mean, I was well, you know, I was hoping for it. You were just like, "Wow, this this episode really flew by." Yeah, it's like finally it was a tight twenty minute episode. I'm for it. Yeah. I'm for it. And uh, when they get back to the ship, of course the Vulcans are incensed. This is like, this is ridiculous. But guess what? Arch has got a little trick up his sleeve. He's going to use a folksy old earth sand to really get them on board, which is telling them the ball is in their court. That's right. And Sovak is like, or Soval, I should say, is like, a ball? A court? What? We're not in court. This isn't a trial. <laughs> it's the classic mix-up. Yeah, probably, honestly, the most Vulcan thing he did this whole episode. Yeah. It had to be explained to him. And It is uh, weird that he was like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, seems like a strange. It seems like a strange reaction for a Vulcan, but they did leave it in, so it must mean something. Yeah, well, Upin was really uh, daring back then. Oh, Upin, <laughs> they were, had something to prove. Yeah, we're, um, we're getting on the news, people. <laughs> oh, that was a fun. That was a fun whiskey throat sound that just happened. I hope the mic didn't uh, pick that up, but if oh, it, did, it totally I'm did. So- <laughs> okay, fun. I'm sorry. Um, uh. Here's one thing I will say uh, in a, as a plus for this show. I do like it that people put on an actual jacket to go it down to the planet. Uh, you know, on on Next Generation, they never they just wore the same clothes everywhere. No one had like an extra little jacket they put on when they're like, "Hey, it's gonna be chilly down there." Maybe they had super future clothes that it didn't matter. It was always like adjusted to the right temperature. I don't know, but uh, I do like it that they have a little away mission overcoat. That's fun. Yeah, and it's a it, it's a staple because even in the original series, they had like a weird little like a, a wool jacket that they would put over when they'd go on to some like their away missions. You're like, what is this thing? <laughs> or you know, Strange New World crew got leather jackets, so they know what's up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they do it more in modern Trek too. They do like they have like a little away mission outfits, but I do like. I do like his little uh, his little zip up windbreaker that he puts on to go down to this irradiation war zone. Yeah, I mean, I guess I prefer that over still over that jumpsuit. Yeah, so Sofal is going to come with them. They're going to get back in the shovel, the, the shuttle that they just got out of. Uh, kind of shaped like a shovel now that I think about it, but uh, um, they're getting back in the shuttle and they're going to go back down to the the. Uh, the planet because his his little bit of convincing you know really pushed bastard so all over the edge uh so much so that he references the whole balls in the court thing when he's getting into the shuttle to convince his attache that it's a good idea um and just like that they blast off back to the the uh, planet we get a lot of fun we referenced this earlier but a lot of fun uh passive aggressive dialogue in the actual shuttle with uh, Soval telling Archer to shut up in so many words. <laughs> Gotta keep your mouth shut. Yeah, but Hear just me, then, Archer. bing, bang, boom, they get fired upon, and Soval is like was is salivating at this opportunity to say, I told you so. He definitely was waiting for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, why are, why are you even bringing this dude? It's weird. Like, I don't even really know why you're bringing this dude in such a target rich environment yeah go around it can't all be front line there has to be a way like you're flying from space just like go just fly in space directly over where you need to go go straight down i don't know how physics work but i'm guessing in star trek physics that could work well i mean i I imagine you just the the, most planets i believe rotate so you just kind of wait to the part where you need to go is underneath you then you just go down there like you said yeah you yeah, better fly to where you need to go and then drop down. I don't understand this. Like, oh, let's stop like a couple miles away and walk up all through these uh, burned out buildings. And uh, that's safe. That's safe, right? Yeah. Well, uh, they, they lose their left engine and their, uh, they've lost See, not all safe. main power. Not, main, not safe at all. And uh, they luckily, Archer finds a soft patch of corrugated steel to set them, set themselves down in. And uh, they make a crash landing. None, none of them are worse to, uh, for the wear. You know, none of them uh, are looking too bad. None of them are looking too banged up. 
they're doing fine. Uh, but Archer is again back on his testy tip, and he's just like, he's like, we're gonna go out there, and we gotta find a shardy shard, okay? I promised, and we're gonna do it. I'm gonna keep my word. We're not going to go to a safe base. No, we got to find Shardy Sean. It's fine. Uh, and everyone's like, hey, dude, don't you think that they could have shot us down? He's like, I can't believe that. They wouldn't he called do me that. personally. We're best friends. They wouldn't do that. Like, yeah, so they jammed our communications and our radar as we were flying down. Sure. There's no way <laughs> Everyone these does that. The shoot at us. What's a little jamming between friends? Yeah, this is an affront. How dare you think they'd shoot at us? Oh, wait, they shot at us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but his testiness is fucking exhausting. Even though, even so, they set off uh, in, in in search of Shran. Um, <laughs> the, the worst Star Trek movie ever. <laughs> in search of Shran. <laughs> Yeah, the search for Shran. Yeah, it was great. Turns out uh, that Genesis planet really did the trick. It's feeling better than ever. Um, but uh, here's a question for you: Vulcans gotta have a, uh, the Vulcans on this show have fairly pinkish skin as well. Why are they calling them that? What's the logic here? Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. Race gone racist. I don't know. I guess like because they don't they don't have like racially insensitive names for the rest of the races it's just humans again this is just like everything's early and everyone's getting to know each other so we gotta have this it's like i guess we do i guess is this world building is this good i don't know yeah i mean it's a it's i don't know it's like a lot of this show to me does that whereas the bones it has a lot of what followed before it, the follow, but it does everything in its power not to do that. Dude, <laughs> you know, due to it being like trying to be different or yeah, this kind of like, it's it's the early days. They didn't have all these policies and procedures or, you know, sensitivity training or any of that stuff that cropped up. It, it was the wild west. They're in a submarine in space. And I just kind of go like, yeah, but I imagine that whole thirst for wanting to belong to the bigger collective and the fact that, you know, they even call out in the, the pilot episode that, you know, war and stuff has pretty much gone away over the last 50 years over the advent of the warp drive and stuff. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, be more Starfleet, even if you're not really Starfleet. Like, yeah, I don't know if I need to see that evolution or am interested in seeing it. Um, well, it, it doesn't like what happens there, right? Doesn't trans, it doesn't, uh, it's not informed by things that happened in the earlier series, right? You're yeah. not like, oh, I've always wondered where the origin of pink skin came from. And now you're getting it versus like, who gives a shit? It's just, it feels like something that they, they want to do versus calling them human or something else. Like it just, it feels yeah. it, like a lot of the show. It just feels unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting um, because in the fiction of the show or the fiction of the Star Trek universe, I always figured that they had had these terrible wars and these, these things that had happened on earth that made them go through a period of like cultural enlightenment where they figured out what was actually important. They eliminated money. 
you know, Star Starfleet is by no means perfect as an institution, and the, the members thereof aren't perfect either, and humans aren't perfect to portray as perfect in the show. But like, to give us like a mini arc of that exact same thing, where they start off as like these prickly, xenophobic jerk offs that eventually get more enlightened. It's like I thought that that's the point that they got to that they then made Starfleet. Like the fact that we're going through it now just feels kind of anachronistic to where the at least in my head canon I thought the the the, the timeline of the Federation was at this moment. So there's so much of this is like there's so much. Archer is such a ambassador and representative of the entire Federation to every new alien that he meets. And he is just like this this like uh, um, overly emotional jerkwad who is just treats everything as an imposition that he shouldn't have to deal with. <laughs> There's just something about him. It's like he's the worst representative. I feel like. Yeah, it's it's kind of painful to know that if that is the future, there are still some people like that. Yeah, <laughs> this just this like bravado that is meant to be charming but is really just like exhausting i have no idea. i don't know uh, obviously i'm working through some stuff by my uh you know w about my feelings about archer but either way um i mean i don't know what else you're working through i don't like him yep <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't want to be mean about it but he's not my favorite captain um and I'm hoping we come across some episodes that maybe change my mind, but yeah, usually, we'll see. We're usually, season two, we got two more seasons to get. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's season two. And normally, season one is like their, you know, their their freshman year. There's everyone's trying to they're find. They're still their, figuring it out. Yeah, they're figuring it out and stuff. But at least the tenants are true. Yeah. About like, like the mission, the pillars, whatever you want to call it, that they have to base these show they, that they base this whole universe on and then they just like this show completely flies in the face of it and here we are <laughs> it surely like, does you know here we are like this and he's still i mean like i was much like you i was waiting okay season two episode 15 archer has surely had to grow and he's like, yeah, yeah, and Brad, and I don't want to do it. I want to fly my fast ship. And yep. I was like, geez, no growth for you? Uh, come yeah. on. Like, no. When does I... this happen? When is the tipping point? Um, it's not this episode. Spoiler no. alert. It's not here. Watch it be uh, the last one. <laughs> the last one, which is when they reveal this entire show has been a holodeck simulation that uh that the Riker um, went through Riker has been watching this whole time one of the worst finales in, in the history of uh TV but we'll get there when we get there um yeah, yeah. I mean we have to watch that one right okay at the end of this part of the saga it's gonna yeah. be the last episode I yeah we guarantee you so if you're uh if you're looking forward to that just stay tuned to pop saga we'll get there eventually um, but, uh, luckily Soval knows this planet cause he was stationed here in the intelligence service, a very juicy detail that I was sure was going to rear its ugly head at some point later in the episode. Spoiler alert. It does not. It's another one of these things that where it's like, they kind of cast it off and it seems like they're building towards something. And, and indeed it is, uh, it's not at all. Um, 
But uh, we get a little shot of uh, the Andorian command where we see that Terra is uh, is questioning quite uh, forcefully uh, Shran's um, tactics. And we can see the fissures forming in uh, in the command structure of, uh, of the Andorians. And, um, you know, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely got the sense that uh, this is where Tara was going to be the antagonist of the episode. I mean, I got that from when I first watched the episode. I was like, oh, she's going she's gonna to betray him. <laughs> what, what made you think that? I don't know. Maybe her uh, demeanor. <laughs> like, I, I mean, she is just one step away from grasping her hands behind his back and like uh massaging them through and through like she's up to some devious plan like Ooh, i can't wait for this plan to work she's just like one one step away from that okay so you saw you saw her archness uh from moment one yeah it's just uh, like yeah and you only got one name you don't have a position you're not like like lieutenant tara you're just yeah no you're bad you're bad you're bad guy yeah. you're a bad guy it's okay though so we cut back up to the Enterprise, and of course, we found out earlier that uh, there are f- like three Andorian attack ships that are en route to the planet. Uh, surely will escalate tensions, and they're about four hours away. We cut back up to the Enterprise and see that as commander and the highest ranking officer left on the ship, Trip has been put in charge for some reason. He's already acting quite emotional. And just someone I would be very worried about leaving in charge of anything that had an advanced weapon system on it, as the Enterprise surely does. I mean, I think, to be fair to Trip, I think he does a very good job in this episode of actually commanding the Enterprise. I'm not blind to what actually happens later in the episode. But just his just his attitude it just really bumps me the wrong way. It makes me think, why would you ever leave this? I wouldn't leave this guy in charge of an Arby's, let alone a spacecraft. I mean, I don't know, man. Because, to be fair, I think he would make a better captain than Archer. Okay, that's fair. Look, I mean, but that's like, that's like saying... Eating uh, poo with jimmies on top would be better than regular poo. <laughs> it's like two bad choices with one slight advantage. I mean, fair, though. I think either one is terrible, and I don't think... Yeah, fair. Okay. Anyway. Perfect yeah. analogy is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, pitch perfect. I understood exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, Jimmy poo versus regular poo, I understood. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm following you. I'm picking up what yep. you're putting down. Fantastic. Um, uh, but back on the planet, Archer and crew have been pinned down, and of course they had to do, have to do a little quick exposition. Hey, those are Andorian weapons, just so we can make sure that it's not the Vulcans firing at them. Uh, very funny scene where Archer just pops up his head, he pops up and tries to explain the entire reason why he's there as fast as humanly possible. He's like, I'm Captain Archer, and Charlie told me to, to bring down this, this uh, Vulcan ambassador, and here I am with it. And they're like, pew! And then, of course, he has to take cover again. But uh, uh, that's when uh, Soval gets injured. He's not. It's not life-threatening, but uh, that's when, you know, Archer has to give his phaser pistol over to Soval and be like, hey, fire this thing. And Soval says, I haven't fired a weapon in 
in 50 years. And Archer's just like, you don't need to hit anything. Just, just like, shoot randomly. And shoot randomly, so Vault does. That's right. It's unlike his, uh, I forget what movie, uh, uh, the actor Gary Graham plays in it, but there's a part where he has a samurai sword, and I kind of wish he would have pulled that out. Yeah. His, his uh, image, the image of him on the x-ray feature on Amazon Prime Video is him with the samurai sword. Yeah, see? <laughs> that's, it, his, that's his actor profile picture. Yeah, it's like... Um, it's it, it's it's his IMDb profile picture too, and I'm like, I really need to know where this was. Was it from Robo Jacks? <laughs> robot Jacks? I don't. God, know. I wish. I hope the it's from jackal? Robot Jacks. Maybe what? Robot. It could. Well, who knows? We'll have to find out. We'll get back to you on that one. I mean, it wasn't Alien Nation, that's for sure. So, like, I was just trying to figure out what show it was the guy on the, the guy on Alien Nation didn't have, didn't have a samurai didn't have a katana a katana I, blade. I wish I'd have been. Be, all, I would be all over that show if that was the case. That would have been huge. He was also in Mantis, by the way. Let me not keep di- diving there, but I forgot. <laughs> our much, pro- our much alluded to and promised Mantis episode coming soon for all you Mantis heads out there. Yeah, he was in nine episodes, so you know he's doing. He's, he's a doing going his, concern. But I'd much rather have him done that than just kind of shoot his phaser gun uh, the way he was or willy nilly. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this is great because he provides cover for Archer. Archer's slow. He just flops on the ground and <laughs> just rolls around. It's supposed to be like a real hero shot of him like sneaking around. It looks hilarious. <laughs> he looks like he is just like he fell on the first obstacle uh, obstacle of Ninja Warrior and he's trying to just salvage a run. <laughs> he's just like slithering through the dirt. Yeah, it's another. It just strikes me as like, look, I did all the action stuff in Quantum Leap. I'm not doing that no more. So you're getting barely active, Bacula. You understand? Yeah, barely, barely active, uh, Bacula. Uh, <laughs> he does, but he does the old sneak him up and tap him on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, what's up?" And the guy turns around, the Andorian who's firing on them, and he gets, he punches him right in the in the mush. And uh, steals his weapon, um, which allows him to uh, to sneak further. There's, again, there's a lot of great verticality on the set. He climbs up a real ladder, and this guy's on a real platform, and that's all part of the set, and it's all in one contiguous shot, so it's like you know it's real. And then uh, he also he sneaks up on Tara, my sweet Tara. Oh my sweet Tara, you've you've definitely we get the confirmation that she's double crossing them because we see her licking shots at uh, the ambassador and to Paul. But there is an interesting thing where he is like in a level below her and sneaking through with some very eighties music playing, uh, and sneaks up on her. But it is again a very cool, like big multi tiered set that I did appreciate. Yeah, like you called out earlier, the, the the elevation on this set was a nice change of pace versus all like single story buildings or everything that we traditionally feel like we get. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it her plot is revealed. She just she wants to fight. She wants war. She wants to eliminate the Vulcans. No peace. There's there's no room for negotiation in her heart. Um, and so we get a, we lead from that or right into a great Star Trek fight where 
It's very slow, and <laughs> Archer <laughs> Archer runs into a lot of kicks. He runs like head first into a lot of uh, a lot of sweet kicks. Yeah. I mean, he does look like he's been swift kicked in the head a few times, so I'm not yep. surprised that that would be his big weakness. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, she like she he gives her time to like get up on like a little stool and grab on to like a parallel bars and swing at him, and then he just runs right into that feet and gets knocked over. But uh, then then he actually in a cool bit again again a cool bit of set design. He falls through the floor and then pops up like Michael Myers or Jason from the lake. <laughs> and like does it sweeps her leg out from under her and 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 you know uh, incapacitates her right in time for uh uh Shart to show up. Uh Shart shows <laughs> Shart shows up with his soldiers and it takes very little convincing by well Tara tries to defend herself mm-hmm. uh but really doesn't put that much of an effort into it because she is more or less is just like hey oh he wanted to kill me you saw it he was pointing a gun right at me and then archer's like mm, did i and shart's like all right you're under arrest <laughs> he doesn't for someone who apparently knows him and they've been fighting together for some time he very much is immediately on her, uh, on his side, Archer's side. Well, you trust Archer. Yeah, he he called him all the way from across space to come here and help him out. Uh, and it is, a, and and then it, once, once uh, Shart <laughs> accuses Tara of this heinous crime, she immediately uh, cops to it. No further attempting uh, of subterfuge, nothing. She is just like, okay, it was me. Nah, listen, you suck and your tactics suck. More people think like I do. You, you, we're never going to have peace. Screw you. And of course, yeah, they take her away. Like you would. It, it's like funny, you would. When, when you were talking about Archer doing that leg sweep, I just was waiting for him to scream karate. Karate! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like just defiantly screaming karate. <laughs> He's just like, oh shit! It, it was a nice callback to to all the very slow fights that Kirk had. Uh, Kirk yeah. versus the Gorn. Kirk versus uh, Khan in the TV show, not the movie. Uh, oh, lots sh- of double hand chops and uh, just slow, like just people pushing people around a lot. W- a lot more like a, what a real fight is like. Let's. I prepare. mean, he was throwing Charlie around in that one episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Kirk, uh, and on uh, the Enterprise, Kirk even had. I watched the episode where he had to go through a physical, where he's just like kicking up a wall, and I was like, "You go, Kirk. <laughs> That's pretty good flexibility, Kirk. Good way yeah. to go. You must get your calisthenics in every day. Yeah, you staying healthy. <laughs> Eating them replicated salads or whatever at that point." Uh, meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, uh, best trip part of the almost, show. What? Yeah, <laughs> wait, why is it the best part of the show? Because I, I like this play by trip. Because at this point, the Andorans and the Vulcans are like in this face off, and he's just like, "Let's put the ship right in between them." Yeah, you shoot it's a at, good move. 
you shoot at them, we shoot at you. You and for both sides. And I was like, you know what? All right, Trip. You're yeah. okay. You're okay with right? this one. Yeah. For all of his complaining and like the fact that they they really don't the writers are not doing his character any favors. Uh He's actually a pretty good captain because he, he, like you said, he puts himself in the middle of the situation. He also puts them on uh, the view screen in split screen, which is the first time I've ever seen this done that I can remember in any Star Trek, where he's just like, put them on the screen at the same time. And they both get their little split screen section of the view screen. And he's just, uh, he kind of plays them against each other. And it's just like, hey, it doesn't matter. I'm not taking anyone's side. I'm going to fire on whoever goes down there. So, like, don't move. Anyone escalates, I'm going to start a war. And they're like, hey, this is not the, the Federation's deal. And he's like, as long as my fa- captain's down there, then it is. And it guess is what? We it. locked on to his signature. So much for your advanced Vulcan scanning technology, we did that. So, ha. That's In right. In your face. So, I mean, yeah. I, 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 mean I, I, I generally enjoyed that. That was the... For me, that was like the highlight outside of uh, Mr. Combs. That was the highlight for me was that moment where he's just like, okay, shit, let's start some shit. And I was like, yeah, that seems that seems right for this era of not Starfleet. You yeah. know, like the, the burgeoning that's just like, oh, no, you're not. Our captain's down there. I'm going to defend him to truth and nail. So no one's going down there. We'll just start shooting on all you motherfuckers. And I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. And the there's a scene where both ships start heading toward the planet's surface, and uh, Trip is about to give the order to fire and disable their engines or their weapons, and uh, that's right when Archer calls, and he's like, "Hey, everything's fine. We're they we told them to come down and get us, or to come come down and get their troops. We're gonna talk it out." And uh, and that uh, de-escal- de- de-escalates right there. Trip is like, well, good thing you told me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will start some stuff, Captain. <laughs> Archer's like, hey, everything okay? He's like, I'll tell you later. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then they have, uh, the last scene is uh, is sort of, the, the they're back on the Enterprise. Shart. Uh, uh, and Soval are negotiating. Um, by the way, I just want to say, for the record, I know that Shran is like a really beloved character from Enterprise, one of the fan favorites. I'm having just some fun, okay? Because I made a bad joke at the start that wasn't even based on his name, and I'm just having some fun with it, okay? No offense to Jeffrey Combs or his great characterization or a fun character that is Shran but I'm kind of calling sharp for the rest of this episode. So get used to it. Yeah. I'm not stopping you. It, <laughs> it, in fact, I know it's going to come. Like, I know you're going to call him sharp, but it still tickles me every time. <laughs> Good, at least. Hey, if you're having fun, then that's all I care about. That's right. Um, but uh, we get, we end the scene. They agree, you know, they're going to talk more. They're going to do a ceasefire. The name of the episode has been achieved. They're going to have a ceasefire. And they're going to have further negotiations about this planet and maybe normalize rela- relations between them. It is a high note to end the episode on. And then the Commander Soval brings it all down with a classic, or a classic passive-aggressive insult uh, that is very befitting of the Vulcans, telling Archer that uh, 
his present his presence wasn't overly detrimental this time. So that's about as close to a compliment as you're gonna get from Ambassador Sobol, I think. Yeah, in this instance, that seems about as good as you're gonna do. And you know what? I had a uh fucking uh beamed his ass into space but that's <laughs> yep, yep, right or just like hey uh, accidentally poked a hole in the side of the shuttle whoopsie doopsie uh nobody's fault uh but soval r.i.p um but uh we end with a great shot of the andorian ship and the vulcan ship side by side not facing each other in battle just watching the enterprise go back on her long road going from here to there was was this the first time we've ever seen an Andorian ship? Like uh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember Next Gen or Deep Space Nine. To I don't even remember them being in there. So I can't if- speak to the original series because it's been a long time since I've seen it. I imagine we see an Andorian ship on there somewhere in Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Of course, you don't. The Andorians are very much a secondary character. Heck, the Bolians get more uh, screen time than the Andorians do. So I don't think you see an Andorian ship uh, in those series. And if you do, it's one of those reused models that they use for a lot of of, of different aliens. Uh, But I thought those Andorian ships looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I was pretty impressed by their design. It was a, a fun sort of combination. And of course, the Vulcan ships always look good. I like that design with the little ring around the aft section and like that kind of uh, dark copper color is always uh, been a favorite of mine. But um, I was impressed. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the ship design. You know, it's something that Star Trek does pretty well most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's another positive to end it on. And then we cut to credits and there's that horrible credit song that comes on and I got to turn it off right away. I mean, I think you could probably flip the credit song for the the main intro and it'd be slightly better, but not by much. They do something like that eventually. I think towards the end, they do give it an orchestral score, finally. Um, they figured out that this was a bad idea. Far too late, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but they, I think they do address it at, at some point. Uh, and that's it. So, John, what did you think? This is the second. So, this is enter- the second Enterprise episode we've watched on the show, and the second part of our Star Trek saga. What did you think about season two, episode fifteen? Ceasefire. So we ragged on it a lot. Sure. But compared to the pilot, this was definitely a stronger episode. Um. Mm-hmm. Relatively self-contained, like you said, so you don't have to worry about really too many branching narratives or uh, overall season plots with this. It just kind of works in a vacuum that way. Um, still don't like Archer. I like, <laughs> I like to Paul now trip got a little bit of respect for me at the end. Uh, the rest of the crew almost seems inconsequential. They were, not, <laughs> they were, they were to, uh, to borrow a joke from Monty Python. They were, sir, not appearing in this film. That, that is uh, that is correct, sir. They could have been played by anybody. I think I think uh, uh, Merriweather j- has a look in this. He all he gets to do in this episode is look. He, he like he, 
He has one line, I think, and it was sorry, Mayweather. I Mayweather. said Merryweather. It's yeah, it's Mayweather. fine. I, I got you. No one remembers Fair the enough. shows. Fair You're enough. okay. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I think he had like one line in it, but it was just ugh, I don't know. Like the episode was better. Uh, yeah, to Paul and Plocks and uh, Shart were my MV- MVPs for this. <laughs> MVP, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, I really enjoy him almost anything that I see him in, and he's such a a great Star Trek mainstay. They get him in this as well. It's just it that's a delight. But in terms of everything else, it's just like yeah, all right, it's a it's a thing. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I looked this up. I definitely did a lot of research to find out what were the good episodes of season two so we could dive one in, uh, into one that was interesting. Uh, I think it's true. This one is good. I think everyone is acting their butts off in this one. There's a lot of great performances. Like you said, we l- ragged on it quite a bit, but... It was a decent episode of Star Trek, and I have huge problems with the characters and how they're written, mostly on the Enterprise, um, and uh, and that is makes like total enjoyment of it tough. But Jeffrey Combs was so good, and in general, the the, the episode really flew by in a way that that first those first like that first TV movie style episode was just like. An interminable dirge, <laughs> just like trudging, like, just like a, a chore that, of a thing to watch. That pilot was like watching North and South. That's how long yeah. it felt like it was on. It was like, oh my god, it, why does ninety minutes feel like uh, a six day event <laughs> where yeah. it just keeps going and it's just not even really doing anything? Yeah. yeah. It, well, I think one of the things that kind of occurred to me this episode is there are several episodes of Next Generation and uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, for that matter, where they kind of they let us in, uh, they let us see the lives and and dynamics of another crew that is not the focus of the series, and there are always people who you that kind of bump you a little bit, and that's this whole show. It's like yeah. they, it's like a. Uh, a side character we were only supposed to get in one episode got their entire show and it got an entire show devoted to them, I should say. And it's just like, it's just not gelling for me. I'm hoping like you are that it will at, at one point, but there has to be one, like at a certain point, like he has to be a likable captain somewhere. Yeah. Cause I he mean, he has it's... to be an aspirational figure. Yeah, like, I mean, it's Scott Bakula, too. It's like, I mean, Quantum... He can do it. He can do it. He has the chops. I'm not even knocking it. I'm knocking how whoever wrote this character, helped him realize his character, whatever, is just not hitting the mark for me in such a way that would be really, like, meaningful. Like, that the, all the other captains exhibit. Like, anyone in charge of a starship, like, in, in Star Trek usually has something where you're like, okay, that's aspirational. I want to be there. Or you can see why they are in charge. I have no idea why Archer's in charge. Yeah, I agree. There's just, 
It's like somebody took the mold of, of Han Solo with the the brash cockiness and forgot to inject any of like the vulnerable likability that is so intrinsic to to making a character like that likable and relatable. You had three uh, movies with Han Solo, but he had an arc, so you could yep. see him grow. <laughs> We've had two seasons of multiple episodes so far, and I've not seen this dude grow. If anything, I felt like he regressed in some ways. <laughs> I think all you need to see, all you need to see to, to really understand the the vibe and the tenor of the show is uh is is the poster that they have developed uh for this and i feel like this is fairly new so maybe this is using like like marketing shots that they already had on hand but look i'm gonna send this to you right now look at everyone's expression here and not everyone is is happy obviously sure but look at look at everyone's expression compared to archer archer's expression and i'm just gonna go ahead and send this to you right now okay uh here we go here's here it's coming now look at <laughs> look at everyone there i know it's gonna be the ad for this episode <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> damn <laughs> Archer just looks like you told him like he wasn't gonna get like he wasn't gonna get to go to Applebee's after this. <laughs> he was he's, so crestfallen. He's like, "What do you mean I ain't getting the riblets and uh, wonton tacos? That's my favorite part." <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> I hate the, this job. Yeah, they got the chicken fried chicken. It comes in a plastic bag. It's delicious. Also. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but they got some some very Babylon Five looking ships there. <laughs> They're up in the upper left corner. Well, I was gonna say that was probably the best part of this whole poster <laughs> was my P <laughs> five ships. Oh wow! Yeah. And look at Plox looking great. Yep, he looks fantastic. Uh, the trip even, looks good. Even Malcolm, who I don't feel like gets any any thing to do any episode, is looking good. Uh, Archer just looks like he, he smelled a turd <laughs> right when they took the picture. He looks so he, fucking miserable. Not even looking at the viewer of the picture. Yeah, he looks like he's looking into the middle distance just considering why he took this job in the first place. Like, if, if you move around your chair and try to get him to look directly at you, it won't he happen. Can't. He can't. It's like the opposite of those paintings that follow you all over the room. He it's, literally won't make eye contact with yeah. you. It's like he's looking over my shoulder the whole time. Yep. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, that, well, that's wonderful. That's all I you needed. Need to that. Know. I needed that. Yep. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Look for that on the album art of next episode if you're wondering what we're talking about. Uh, or this episode, not next episode. That would be bizarre. Uh, no, this episode, if you're wondering what we're talking about. But that's going to do it for us this evening. We uh, we are all done with part two of our Star Trek saga. We hope that you enjoyed listening to it because we sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. So let's do what we always do. Let's thank Burton M6 for the incredible music on our show. He's got a Fiverr link. To make music, you can contact him. Just go ahead and look at our show notes. There's the link right there. Click it. You won't regret it. 
Uh, there's also all sorts of ways to get in touch with us. Just go look in our show description to check it out. You'll see all the links. You can get in touch with us in all sorts of ways, but the number one way to do it is to join our Discord. It's a party every day in our Discord, and we will be posting fun pictures. Hey, have you ever wondered what John's awesome gaming, or, or not gaming, but I should say, uh, action figure collection looks like? He's posting pictures of that all the time in the Discord. Enviable collection. If you're curious about that, you can check it out. If you join us, and I encourage you to do so, we'll talk to you. That's a promise from us to you. True. That's right. (laughs) So, uh, as we always say at the end of every show, wherever you are, however you choose to listen to us, we hope that you are feeling happy, and we hope that you're feeling healthy, and if you're not, that is 100% okay, too. But let me throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks. It's been a long, long... Oh, fuck, no! (laughs) (laughs) I knew that would get you. Thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 